From the capital city, I'm Kevin Allen. A late afternoon fire yesterday saw Capital City Fire and Rescue attend to an incident near Fred Meyer. According to CCFR Assistant Fire Chief Ed Quino, a small fire broke out inside Juno Christian Center just after 3 p.m. Our units responded and found that a large amount of smoke was coming out and there was no visible flame, but the flame was inside the walls of the corner of the building. Uh, there was a large amount of smoke also inside the building. Uh, the fire was quickly extinguished, and we did some investigation. The building was cleared of smoke, and the uh, occupants in the main part of the building had evacuated prior to arrival. A group of preschoolers were in the building at the time of the incident, but were far from the fire activity. Two fire engines, an ambulance, and support vehicles responded to the incident. No injuries were reported, and the cause remains under investigation. The Juno Assembly approved tax rate increases Monday. The change falls under the Commercial Passenger Vehicle Class A endorsement regarding taxi rates and fees. The flag drop and the mileage rate were increased. The flag drop rate increased from $3.40 to $4, and the mileage rate increased from $0.22 per one-tenth mile to $0.25 per one-twelfth mile. The changes eliminated two additional fees, the $1 airport to and from fee and the $1.50 cruise ship dock fee. In addition, the proposed regulations replaced existing language describing the taxi cleaning fee. Assemblymember Michelle Hale noted that while it's been difficult for taxi companies and drivers during the pandemic, there have been complaints from the public. There are many instances where people are unable to get rides, um, people arriving at 11 o'clock at night or 10 o'clock at night and there are no taxis. And I just wonder, this came up a couple of years ago in public works and I managed it uh, poorly, but I wonder at what point we in Juno might think of looking at our taxi regulations and making sure they actually are keeping pace with um, the times and maybe taking a look to see if we have to change those taxi regulations. Uh, Deputy City Manager Robert Barr responded. This is something that we look at um, at least annually, although this is the second one that we've done um, recently. Um, I'm in regular communication with um, one one taxi owner in particular. There's a, there's only a handful in town. Um, the others certainly certainly are are uh, willing to reach out and discuss too. Um, I- increasing the rate, uh, I think, is one of one of those changes that and they that will hopefully enable um, taxi owners uh, to hire more taxi drivers. Um, and make that more economical. I don't recall exactly how long it has been since the rate has increased, although I do know we have people in the room who do know that. Um, but it has been quite some time. Hale shared this thought on the bar to entry to become a driver. I, I do understand from some in the public that there's a high bar to entry in the taxi uh, field. And, and I just don't know if maybe we need to be looking at that high bar to entry um, because we do have a problem in Juno with enough taxis, and maybe the rate increase will help. The changes were approved without objection. The three candidates standing for the special congressional election for Alaska's U.S. House seat appeared on a candidate forum on KINY this week. The candidates were asked for their thoughts on the Tongass Roadless Rule. 
Mary Peltola said she does not think the federal government should subsidize the logging industry by allowing road access. I am fiercely committed to local control over any project that impacts Alaskans. I do not necessarily think that the federal government should be funding private roads for industrial timber timber companies that would be private roads. Um, we need sustainable solutions. We've got to make sure we um, look at the um, competing principles of environmental protections, economic opportunities for local people, protecting salmon streams, preserving old growth trees that are a pivotal and critical part of our ecosystem in Southeast Alaska. We've got to move toward renewable energy resources. Um, and I really am in support and applaud the diverse stakeholders on the Tongass Advisory Committee who are working towards development that improves the socioeconomic opportunities in the Southeast region and maintains um, our collective Alaskan way of life. Nick Baggage said the timber and rare earth mineral industries could be bolstered by opening up the Tongass road system. It needs to be repealed. And, uh, you know, we know that, that we have tremendous uh, capacity for uh, forestry and timber here in Southeast Alaska. Uh, we're blessed with a tremendous amount of, of resources in the state. And, you know, putting these on a, on a rotational lease program and getting the timber industry kicked back off in Southeast Alaska would be a top priority for me. One of the other uh, aspects of repealing the roadless rule is that it does open up some really incredible world-class uh, mineral prospects in Southeast Alaska uh, that can really help to solve a number of the challenges that we face as a nation. You know, we are so reliant on uh, on China and other nations, adversaries around the world uh, for the supply of the minerals that we need uh, for, for the cars we drive, the computers we use, the products we rely on on a daily basis. Sarah Palin said Alaskans should have access to the natural beauty and industry available in the Tongass. I believe it needs to be repealed also that the vast, beautiful, rich wilderness that you know, we, we call Alaska. And here we're sitting here in the Alaska studio, the Alaska Airlines studio, and we're, we're looking out at forest. And uh, it, it just reminds me how blessed we absolutely are. But we're not going to be able to um, access any of this. The people cannot enjoy it. They cannot conduct proper forest management unless we have the road infrastructure to support that. Nick talked about the minerals also, those things that, that we need to be able to access. Uh, look at copper, cobalt, where an increase by 500% is projected in the next 10 years. What are, what are Alaskans going to do about this if we cannot access our own resources that are out there? No, we need that road infrastructure. Governor Mike Dunleavy and his running mate for Lieutenant Governor Nancy Dolstrom sat down for an interview this week with the Alaska Landmine. Dunleavy and Dolstrom were asked about their thoughts on ranked choice voting. Dunleavy said he believes, no matter the voting system, election integrity is the most important. Right now, it's the law here in the state of Alaska, so we've got to make this thing work. And we've got to make elections work for everybody so that everybody, doesn't matter what party you're part of or not part, not part of a party, but any voter should feel that the elections in Alaska are sound. That's going to be a big lift. That's going to be a big lift for uh, the lieutenant governor. And that's one of the conversations that Nancy and I had is that um, we've got to make sure that when people vote, they walk away from that uh, voting booth and they believe that, in fact, their vote does matter, does count, will be calculated, tabulated, counted, however you want to word it correctly, and applied to the individual or the issue that they intended to vote for. 
but certainly this new system interjects a little bit of uncertainty uh, for a number of Alaskans. The audio comes courtesy of Jeff Landfield at the Alaska Landmine. Alaska Senator Lisa Murkowski has joined with a bipartisan group of lawmakers in introducing the Reproductive Freedom for All Act, which aims to put Roe v. Wade protections into federal law. Murkowski, Democrat Senators Tim Kaine, Kirsten Sinema, and Republican Susan Collins introduced the legislation. Every American should have the autonomy over their own health care decisions. And the Supreme Court's decision in Dobbs has made it imperative for Congress to restore women's reproductive health rights. I'm proud to introduce bipartisan legislation with my colleagues to write into law the protections provided through Roe and Casey, as well as affirming access to contraception provided in Griswold and other cases. For five decades, reproductive health care decisions were centered with the individual. We cannot go back in time in limiting personal freedoms for women. The act would enact in federal law the essential holdings of Roe v. Wade and related cases protecting abortion rights and contraception access, according to a release from Murkowski's office. U.S. Senator Dan Sullivan, a member of the Senate Armed Services Committee, has voted to ratify a resolution of advice and consent for the Republic of Finland and the Kingdom of Sweden to join the North Atlantic Treaty Organization, or NATO. In 1949, the Senate ratified the NATO Treaty by a vote of 82 to 13. President Truman was quoted at the signing ceremony of the NATO Treaty by saying, quote, in this pact, we hope to create a shield against aggression and the fear of aggression. For us, war is not inevitable, he continued. Men with courage and vision can still determine their own destiny. They can choose slavery or freedom, war or peace. For new members to join the NATO alliance, every existing member must approve a country's application. For the United States, this responsibility falls under the advice and consent duties of the U.S. Senate, the body tasked with approving treaties. The treaty we are signing here today is evidence of the path they will follow. That was when President Truman signed the first NATO treaty. And indeed, Madam President, since the formation of NATO, no world wars have broken out. No country that is a signatory of NATO has been invaded by another country's military forces. In fact, the only time NATO's Article 5, which is the pillar of the alliance, which states that an attack on one is an attack on all, was invoked was actually after the terrorist attacks on America on 9-11. The Senate also approved Senator Sullivan's amendment declaring that all NATO allies should meet their funding obligations. With the state poised to send out PFD checks to residents on September 20th, Juno Senator Jesse Keel spoke on the process leading up to the $3,200 figure while a guest on Action Line. It was asked how the legislature got an increased PFD without breaking the bank. That, uh, straight up, uh, Vladimir Putin raised the price of oil worldwide. Um, and, and so the, the cash is flowing in from that to state coffers. 
Um, so uh, that has allowed us to to give Alaskans uh, more direct cash um, in that uh, that PFD check, and still balance the budget and do a little bit of savings. Uh, that was that was a hard fought thing. At one point, there was a proposal to make the checks to Alaskans so large that we would have had to draw out of our savings with oil over a hundred dollars a barrel. Um, <laughs> I voted against that, and we worked uh, worked it out of the budget. Keel called for a change to the PFD formula. In the long term, we still have to figure out what that split is, so that the PFD is not a whim and a whipsaw, um, and Alaskans have no idea what's coming in any given year. We should have a pretty decent sense. We should have a law we can afford to follow, and then we ought to follow it. Um, right now, we've got a 40-year-old formula. Um, it's got nothing to do with how the permanent fund works today, um, and it would result in massive, massive checks, um, which <laughs> sure help out a household, um, but you, you, can't, you can't fund a public school um, out of your, your checks. You can't fund a state trooper or a Lemon Creek Correctional Center out of individual checks like that. Um, not without the biggest income taxes in the 50 states, and, and I don't think anybody wants that. Juno Senator Jesse Keel. Juno Fire Chief Rich Etheridge spoke to the signing of Senate Bill 131 and says that now breast cancer has been added to the list of presumptive cancers covered by workers' compensation disability for firefighters. He explained that presumptive health is where if a firefighter gets specific types of cancer within a period of time after their career ends, it's presumed they got that cancer on the job. He spoke on Action Line. I think uh, the number I last read was for 14% higher than the, the average person to, to get. There's like nine different types of cancer. And uh, back when they built the presumptive health bill, there weren't a lot of female firefighters in the fire service, and nobody thought of breast cancer in there. So now that uh, there's a large number of females in the fire service, that came to the forefront. And it also came to the forefront that men get breast cancer as well because we lost uh, one of the Fairbanks fire chiefs uh, to breast cancer just a few years ago. So that was really important for the fire service to make sure that got it added into the, the presumptive health. Chief Etheridge said various cancers are prevalent among firefighters. I've got 31 years in the fire service, and I could probably come up with about 15 or 20 people that I personally know have had cancer or passed away from cancer. Um, that uh, I mean, It's very prevalent in the fire service, whether it's, um, you know, prostate cancer or leukemia or, I mean, it's just, there's like nine different ones. Um, it's just the material you work around. Yeah, it's, uh, you in know, the environment. The, it's the environment. You know, we get the, the carcinogens on our bunker gear. Um, you know, back in the good old days, we didn't know that our bunker gear was a contaminant. And so we would, you know, have soot and stuff dripping off our helmets and just throw it in our car with us and it would ride around. And and now we know better that, uh, you know, the, the soot and all that stuff that builds up on our gear is toxic. And Fire Chief Rich Etheridge. Juno Fire Marshal Dan Jagger has successfully completed the process that awards the professional designation of Fire Marshal on an international level. The Commission on Professional Credentialing met on Tuesday to confer the designation. Jagger became one of the only 228 such marshals worldwide. Never miss a story or a newscast at KINYradio.com. Now you're up to date. For News of the North, this is Kevin Atlin.